0: Welcome aboard the USS Henson and to Rise and Shine, your unofficial Star Trek Enterprise podcast. I'm your host, your captain, Jason, and joining me on the bridge, as always, is my number one, Michaela. Hello. Now, if you'd like to know a little bit more about us and our history with Star Trek and why we started this podcast in the first place, um, go back and listen to episode zero. And also, you can check out our previous episodes and you can find everything over at anchor.fm. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Google, all the usual spots. And if you have any comments, questions or feedback for the show, you can leave them at Riser and Shine on Facebook or send us an email at riserandshinepodcast at gmail.com. All right, now it's time to take your stations as we get into our discussion of Enterprise Season 1, Episode 14, Sleeping Dogs. Okay, so, after the high of last week's episode, episode 13, yeah. which is our favourite, I think, yeah. um, dear, dear Doctor, dear Doctor um, we drop out of warp just a little for, I'd say, an average episode this week.
1: Yeah,
0: 30. Um, and it's um, pertinent that we drop out of warp because the whole episode starts as Enterprise drops out of warp and yeah. they discover a Class 9 gas giant cloud. Um, in front of them, and they launch a probe, and it detects an alien vessel. Um, that's it, stuck in the cloud; it's kind of engulfed and swirling around. And there's several bio signs aboard, mm. which is always a good sign. So I think Archer he instructs to Paul and Reed, who has one hell of a cold. He's got a savage cold going on. He's yeah. all stuffed up, and sinuses are all blocked up. And Hoshi, And um, they all go down.
1: Yeah, she actually. Um, yeah she requested end, yeah she, she requested request, to
0: go on this mission normally we've seen how she's been a little bit reluctant to go down mm. she doesn't always have the confidence to go down she doesn't she feels claustroph- claustrophobic in the spacesuit she says mm. and i just don't think she believed in her abilities to be useful yeah when they're off ship yeah but she recognizes this and she wants to prove that she's worthy being aboard and she wants to show archer that she's a useful and important member of the team so she requests to go down and which was useful because the poll had already asked Archer <laughs> requested that she was gonna go anyway.
1: right yeah
0: so whether or not so but it was good that I think he was happy it came like,
1: from her yes it came from Our her desire yeah
0: and she wanted to go down so that was cool and I kind of like this trio
1: hmm.
0: when they're together I think this is a kind of it's a good, a
1: good dynamic between good two. dynamic of this, yeah. this
0: group here um, there's a little I guess competition, you would say, with topol and Hoshi a little bit, just alpha female, like, kind of mark out their boundaries of, you know, who yeah. is he's who.
1: But it's never kind of, it's never flippant, it's not, like, when no, Trip is involved. When he's no, involved, yeah, things are always, like, a little bit more... Yeah,
0: it's not as um spiky uh, yeah. between Hoshi and Topol I think there's just this um, respect there, yeah. almost, like, yeah. you know, I understand what you're good at and who you yeah. are and vice versa. So I think this was a good opportunity for Hoshi just to kind of remind people that may think she's not quite up to the task that she actually is. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was good. But you're right, yeah. If it was trip down there, there definitely would have been a bit more fireworks. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, no,
1: I, I think every any um, situation I... that involves him, there is always a little bit more action a bit more, lip talk, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, Just
1: because that's his character, but...
0: Yeah. But instead we have Reed. Um, which
1: is introvert, but... You it, know. Reed's
0: a bit, yeah, you know, a bit quieter yeah. That we've discovered, no one really knows much about him. But um, he's all about his job, he's all about yeah. armory, security. I think he's pretty, doesn't like to take too much risk, so mm. definitely a good dynamic with these three. Um, so they're dispatched, and they go down in the shuttle pod to investigate the bioscience and what happened to this alien vessel. Mm. And they arrive, they do another scan, and pole begins to scan the environment and discovers that it's breathable down there. So they unclasp their helmets. <laughs> and um, immediately when they do that, pole and Hoshi are um, hit by a wave of, Assuming uh, an awful, ghastly stench because yeah. they immediately like, Ugh. Yeah. um And the only one who doesn't react is Reed.
1: Reed cause because of his cold. It's a at that <laughs> because moment. of his
0: cold, he can't smell anything. So um, that was quite a nice little <laughs> really It kind of reminds
1: me of my dad. My dad always had that. Always has, well, I don't know when he got better recently, but. He couldn't smell things for ages.
0: Oh really?
1: Yeah, for years he, okay. could, he lost like I don't know his sound is just messed up and all the time that we would be passing some, especially you know in countryside or something, there would be some farm smells or anything. And from with me, which I have like a very sen- I'm like the ball in this case. I'm sensitive. super sensitive on, on smells. smells and especially when they're not good smells. Um, and he said he wouldn't smell at mm-hmm. all. I'm like, how can you not smell that? She reminds me, do you remember that time when we were living in London? And we got out in the morning, we were going on the way out to work. Uh, we came out, it was like 20 to 8, we were on our way to work, going to get a train, and we got came out of the, our building, and it was really stinking smell in the air. I don't remember that. You don't remember, and it was the same, it was, I immediately, I was like, what the heck, it smells like cow stunk and, and and all these kind of things. And you were like, oh, I don't smell anything, you says. I said, you're always imagining things and you were just thinking, making it up, it was me. And then later on in the day, instead in the news, it came out, that basically, there was a, a uh, the wind that was blowing basically from the Netherlands into England across the channel. And that's why, that's basically the news that was saying if you had, if you smell any kind of cows and kind of farming smells, that's what it was. I don't
0: remember that, but that sounds drastic.
1: You know, it was, I I thought that, and I I was so happy because I was right. And I was like, I told you it was some kind kind of weird smell. (laughs) So I'm super sensitive, guys.
0: Thank you, Holland, for that. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever that was. So
1: I'm with the that. girls, I'm with the girls on this
0: one. Especially T'Pol, because yeah, she's um, an yeah. extra-sensitive Vulcan. Vulcan nose. Um, so yeah, so they have to adapt to this um, awful smell, this putrid smell that's kind of going around the ship. And as they begin investigating the um, the vessel, uh, Hoshi recognizes the writing on one of the bulkheads and it's Klingon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what's funny here is as soon as she tells them that it's Klingon script, they immediately pull out their phases. Like, yeah,
1: it was so funny. <laughs>
0: that was quite like, funny. Like, yeah. Immediately,
1: Reaction. phases
0: drawn. <laughs> <laughs> so the reputation of Klingons definitely precedes them because, um, yeah, I mean, they've yeah. run into them a couple of times, but that was funny, right? Really. It's just like phases immediately. Um, and they continue to explore the ship and they discover, they do find um, it. it they they are indeed Klingons, and but they're all sort of incapacitated yeah. in some way, knocked out or unconscious, and it, they're kind of diagnosing that maybe it's an airborne toxin or some sort. Yeah, um, but they're not one hundred percent sure. And um, T'Pol immediately recommends that they leave.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, because you know, they're Klingons, and if they wake up, they would kill them rather than face dishonor or being rescued, or if you stop them from um, di- uh, re- stop them, uh, remove them from their ship from their posts. Yeah, for them, that's basically dishonor. Dishonor, and, um, yes, for Klingons, it is all about death before dishonor. So, DePa recommends that they just get out of there sharpish. But Reed um, is not happy about that. He wants to help, he wants to stay and figure out what happened and if he can help them because they're not dead, there is, the bias signs are there, so yeah. it's like, we shouldn't just, we can't just leave them here. Um, but Zopol is like, you're... You're
1: gonna regret this. Well,
0: she's like, see, your empathy is touching, but it's misguided. Yeah. <laughs> they will, they will kill us, Retaliate, yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> and one be grateful. <laughs>
0: um. So while they're kind of talking about that and figuring out what to do, um, one, there is a sort of a conscious survivor on the ship, and it's a female Klingon warrior, and her name is M'ka. Played by Michelle Bonilla, and um, she um, gets into a sort of a miniature altercation with Reed. So I think she drops down from a shaft up above. She drops down and sort of takes him out, and then she bolts through um, an airlock hatch and escapes in the shuttle pod from Enterprise. So she leaves them stranded, basically, and um, she kind of takes off, um, heading back towards um, out the cloud and towards the Enterprise. Which the bridge crew see, so they're kind of surprised as to what's going on here. Yeah, they hail the ship and yeah. they don't get reply, but then they do eventually hear Bukha speaking in Klingon after they work out the UT the universal yeah. translator. Yeah. and they hear her calling for backup. She needs some backup from her boys, yeah. some any warships, birds of prey that are in the vicinity in the quadrant to come and help because she thinks Enterprise was Attaxin. the one that attacked them. And so left him for dead.
1: <laughs> Whatever they see, like, attack first, ask question later.
0: Yeah, this was a, in this episode, this is essentially um, a bit of a history learning lesson for Archer. Yeah. For Because I think his knowledge of Klingon is very limited, if, if anything uh, he at all. He
1: only had that one experience right with them to be um, fair
0: which was a big experience with clan because he was, ended up he
1: went to, to Kronos. went to
0: Kronos. he saw the high council up, high council ended up probably saving a huge war yeah civil war um, but at the
1: same time it was really limited he hasn't spent any time with them culturally he doesn't know them at all right
0: no, you're right um and it's important that you do know your yeah kingdom customs
1: and it goes back to sorry so is this the point when you We're gonna talk about how he he starts learning about them.
0: Um, Yeah, a bit later on, I think. um, Okay, I'll wait. Essentially.
1: Okay, it's okay. No, I was gonna say something, but I'll wait when we get to that point. It's fine.
0: Okay, so um, yeah, so they basically find out that she's got the wrong idea about Enterprise and that they're there to actually help and not but not an enemy. Mm. Um, And she tries to kind of fly away and they get out their trusty grappler. I love that thing, the grappler. I'm still kind of finding it fun as opposed to attractive. It is, beam. yeah. Um, so they fire out the grappler and they grab the shuttle pod and they pull it back into the docking bay of the Enterprise. Yeah. Um, and uh, they go down, they meet uh, Bukka, who makes a valiant Klingon effort to s- escape and overpower her captors, but um, she gets double stunned. Yeah. Twice, in, twice, yeah. In yes, the back, twice. once by Trip, and then
1: by Archer. But she
0: took the first blow because the first yeah. hit didn't take her down.
1: No, it's a very she's strong.
0: She firmed it. She yeah. she was just she was rattled. Yeah, but she was on her feet.
1: Yeah, and she was coming towards
0: Trip. <laughs> yeah, and then Archer
1: hit her from behind. <laughs> and Archer right? hit
0: her from the other side Slung in the back. Her. Um, and that's why she fell.
1: Yeah,
0: that was quite funny. And then um yes, yeah, so I guess they, they take her to sickbay, right, yeah. with the restraints on. Yeah. Have to. <laughs> she's wriggling like a fish on a dock, but yeah. she's like, you know, she gets out of that. She probably might have taken out at least flocks. Oh, maybe. definitely. <laughs> Poor
1: flocks.
0: Poor flocks probably would have got taken out. Um. So yeah, so that's happening on the ship. Back on the Klingon vessel, um, the guys they decide that their only way of getting out is to out of this gas cloud is to restart the Klingon ship's engines and sort of pilot their way up back out to a suitable altitude and sort of see if they can make their way back into space but um, as they're sort of reading the the um, Klingon language on the um, panels of the ship's panels of the control panels they kind of realise that they're actually pretty much... Dead in the water because the ship is kind of sinking further into the cloud.
1: Yeah, it's going down.
0: Yeah, and they're having trouble restarting these engines. And not, they're offline basically. They, yeah. they can't restart. But there was an interesting. Um, yeah, fine.
1: this is where we first hear about photon torpedoes. That's
0: right. So as Hoshi is sort of, I'm trying to understand the control panels and yeah. figuring out what she they're dealing reads. with. She's translating the Klingon, and she mentions photon torpedoes. Torpedoes,
1: and uh, obviously this uh, immediately gets the interest of reader because that's his, uh, um, you know, roommate. So yeah, he's like, "Whoa, photon torpedoes! Never heard of them." Yeah, it's always <laughs> interesting because obviously yeah. you're
0: a Star Trek fan and you've watched. Any of the series, at least any of the modern series as well, you know about photons. Photons Photon torpedoes are standard. Yes,
1: exactly. They're They're
0: standard weapons. Um, They're good weapons, but we've seen other races with even better. So if you don't have photon torpedoes, it's weird. Yeah, like it's super weird. Like that's so. Imagine a basic right
1: now they they have uh, something like spatial torpedoes. So and now the, they have the spatial, and
0: they've only just got the phase the, cannons. The
1: phase Cannons, equipped. right? Which, yeah. which is kind of top of the range, right? Right now, for them, a yeah. Kind of um, right. arm, right? um That's right. Because
0: if you remember the the beginning of the series, um, Archer immediately leaves on the Enterprise to take back um, a Klingon called Klang. Yeah. That he rescued to go back to Kronos. But he left in such a hurry that the ship wasn't really ready, um, at least in the weapons department.
1: Yeah.
0: So they just had their torpedoes, spatial torpedoes at that. And um, they only recently, a couple of episodes, got the phase yeah, cannons. Yeah, two episodes ago. Two episodes ago. Basically, after they ran into an adversary that would have taken them out. So now they have the spatial torpedoes and the phase cannon, one, and even though the ship is equipped to handle three. So they got a little bit more of a defense. Mm. But now they're discovering that from the Klingon ship, photon torpedoes, which we did not heard of. So I like the kind of way that we realize as fans of Star Trek who know the series from Next Gen, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, the original, the OG, that they're far behind. They really are a a few. I mean, mean, we're assuming that if he left early, maybe there was, um, at least the phase cannons could have been Got onto the ship yeah but photon torpedoes doesn't seem to be something that they're scientifically there yet no
1: exactly
0: yeah um,
1: and and to be and to be honest I don't even I'm not even sure the Vulcan used them because the yeah, didn't, didn't really say anything, didn't say anything right
0: right yeah she wasn't seems to be like a
1: technology or or you know some kind of weapon that is um more you know coming from the Klingon so I wonder if that's
0: Shout out to the Klingons, man, because they have cloaking technology, they had warp, yeah, photon torpedoes. They, I mean, they're a warrior race, but they are advanced.
1: They're advanced, yeah, for considering that when you deal with them, they're quite (laughs) primitive in their ways,
0: yeah, they kind of got their food and everything, right? But primal and tribal in their kind of social
1: culture, yeah.
0: Um, but in terms of technology, if we're comparing it with humans at this stage, yeah, they're far more sophisticated.
1: Def- yeah, yeah, Definitely. Um,
0: so that, that was yeah, that was interesting to see Reed's interest, his eyes kind of light up when he heard photon torpedoes. Yeah. And for us as well, you know, the audience are like, yep, you have a long way to go, my friend.
1: <laughs> <No>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just got a grappler right now, which I
1: so- <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious.
0: That is so funny. Um, so, yeah, so they basically kind of explain to Archer their situation from their end in regards to the engines being offline, um, and Archer says, you know don't worry we're going to come and um, come and get you basically he's going to bring a shutter pod down to get them, but there is something happens in the gas cloud, and they they're hit I think by some um, a wave of pressure basically, which causes him to abort because I think." Mm. Any further, he had dropped, and it would have destroyed the ship. So he kind of aborts the plan for now, and basically tells those guys to hold tight until we figure out what what, what the next yeah. step is. Um, which basically means he has to go back to um, Uka yeah, and try and see if he can get some help from her mm. at least to get these engines started, so that they can figure out a way of maybe the ship can move um, themselves back out of the cloud. Um so back in sickbay she's awake now um struggling and flocks figures out that um the neurotoxin in her bloodstream will kill her in uh, a day or two Mm. basically um so he's kind of figured out that the reason why she wasn't unconscious like the other other klingons on the ship was that she must have been hiding in a colder or cooler place Somewhere on the vessel, which kind of slowed down the effects of the toxin on her body. Yeah. So, whether maybe she was in the docking bay or engineering, was a bit cooler, um, that allowed her to keep her, regain consciousness while everyone sort of passed out. Um, and then Archer, he asks her for some help, basically, in getting the ship restarted. But being a Klingon, she's jumping to a conclusion. Yeah. Of, um, of, um, You've been
1: trying to kill her. Opposition.
0: Us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's been antagonistic. So I'm not
1: helping you. And
0: she accuses enterprise of um, raiding her vessel and posing her crew mm. so she's flatly no
1: yeah
0: um, the dark like she's yeah. she's not interested in, in, in helping out Archer which does put him in a bind because he's got the the, the
1: crew, down the crew there. on the on the Klingon vessel. The life, so I right? think it's a
0: Raptor, a Raptor class vessel. They're on there, and they're sinking further into the cloud. Yeah. It's making, if they go any further, there's going to be no way for them to get out, or for anyone to come and, yeah. and get them. Um. So I think at that point they're trying to they're scratching their heads, figuring out what they're going to do. And Mayweather and Tucker they hit the library basically, and um, they search the Vulcan database. And discovered that the ship is a Raptor class, mm-hmm. um, because to Paul she didn't actually know what type of ship that it yeah, was. Cause she yeah, because told she them there's many
1: she... classes, so I don't know all of yeah. them, obviously.
0: Which was interesting because remember you were mentioning earlier that the Balkans normally we—it's clear that they're again they're sort of more advanced in terms of technology and in terms of exploration of, of space. So mm. it's surprising how they haven't met some of the species that they've come across. Yeah. In This case, they had met the Klingons, but not this particular sh- class of ship,
1: yeah.
0: Um, so, um, Mayweather and Tucker they hit the books, they discover it's a Raptor class vessel, and um, one of the features of it, it has a thick hull, um, but it's not gonna hold up basically, um, due to the pressure that they're under from the gas cloud. Hmm. Um, and then Tucker has a really good idea actually, he's thinking that. If they take up one of the shuttle pods, but they reinforce the the polarize, <laughs> the hull, they, sort of, they use, um, what's it, dura duratinium or something? Tinium or something?
1: Braces, yeah. So, yeah,
0: braces in order to mount a rescue. So they're basically going to bulk up this shuttle pod mm. and um, reinforce it so it can handle the pressure of the gas cloud and get okay. to the raptor class and get one out of there. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so back on the raptor... Hoshi finds a log entry from the ship's captain and she discovers that the Klingon crew <laughs> of course were fighting Were um, in, yeah. in, a, in a raid in a battle with a race called the, the Zarateens
1: yeah.
0: and at some point in that battle they hid inside this giant gas cloud this, this uh-huh. um, gas line cloud to carry out some repairs and it was during that time the captain noticed that Everyone was starting to fall ill.
1: Yeah,
0: But he wasn't quite sure what was causing it. If it was a gas cloud or something, they caught and they were fighting these guys. He wasn't quite too sure. But then it does turn out... Mm. <laughs> Turns out that during that raid, which was a successful raid for the Kingons, um, as part of their spoils, they spoils were celeb- celebrating by drinking the Xarentine ale. ale,
1: yeah.
0: They were sampling and enjoying. And he
1: had a toxin the Which had
0: a toxin. It wasn't poison, yeah. it has a natural toxin within it, yeah. which doesn't agree with the physiology.
1: Exactly. Basically. So it was fine for the Zarantines to drink, <laughs> but you know, say maybe something like yeast, right, that we have in our own ales. Right. Um, their own physiology wouldn't digest it or then they would be kind of poisonous and that's what's, what's happening
0: yeah <laughs> so,
1: so anyway. and this is i think is when we see uh archer reading the database and uh, learning yeah, he, some klingon that's details right.
0: he burns up on his klingon so eventually yeah. when he first approached the he approached her as as he normally does but yeah. he didn't realize that when you're talking with Klingon, you yeah, really gotta to speak
1: their own, you gotta be, way. You gotta
0: speak their way. You gotta speak firm. You gotta be the cat in the leader. You gotta almost be an antagonist yourself, because yeah. they see you as an enemy regardless. Yeah. So if you are gonna be an enemy, you gotta present yourself as formidable in some way to yeah. get their honor and their yeah. respect. Otherwise, they will immediately read you as weak, which she did. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, she thinks that he's the one that's trying to kill them.
1: Yeah.
0: So, so you're like, you're And right, it's, he, And it's
1: quite interesting because, um, yeah, so what I was going to say earlier. So we do realize, remember like a few episodes ago, I was complaining that they don't have some form of database, but they do have this kind of database, perhaps they don't have all of the. Um, species that they that they've inc- um, that are existing, yeah. yeah, because they have encountered everybody. But there are certainly there is a database, in, and again, though, it looks like he hasn't really read about them. <laughs> so, because even even when uh, you would have thought, especially after the first episode where he went to Cronus, he met the High yeah. Council. This is, would be natural, like for me, if I. Went and I had like a, a, a be part of a special convoy to, um. To do something official in a country that I've never been to. Right. It's minimum. I would go to Wikipedia at the very least right now <laughs> and say I don't know if they send me to Fiji, for example. And I'll go and read, okay, what are the traditions, what do I need to do, how do I greet them? You know, what is important for them? Your
0: basic due diligence Yeah. Especially if we, again, go back to how he met them. It wasn't like it was a casual drink at 10 forward. Exactly. It was like
1: a security threatening situation. A huge
0: mission. He played a huge part in preventing a war. So like you said, you would have thought that would have been enough for him to... Read up a little bit more on Klingons, <laughs> yeah, Kronos, and didn't. Um, the Suliban. What was going yeah. on? And asking questions. Well, it seems like he didn't, right? Because it he didn't, didn't. Even know how to approach uh, Buka and how yeah. to kind of talk. And um, Trip was saying that you've got to buck up on your Klingon.
1: Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, he finally does. But there's like uh, uh, the other episode, uh, a few episodes ago, the one with the freight. That was the issue that right. uh, about the pirate. He didn't know about the pirate, and I was like, how would you be able to? You know be a captain of a star fleet or for the you know whatever that represent earth not know anything at least have some basic understanding of these kind of aliens that are within your quadrant you should right. know
0: yeah, yeah. But he's, yeah.
1: he's really like ignorant on this level, like on these things, but obviously, maybe it's part of his character that he's so. out there yeah. to discover I, himself. I think role. he's still
0: in the romance early phase, the yeah. romance phase of being an explorer.
1: Yeah. And just wing it.
0: Discovering. Yeah. wing it, letting the adventure, let, letting him just kind of discover things as they happen. Yeah. Um, without And enjoying those surprises yeah. and those unexpected moments. But we're seeing every so often where he's almost stung into action. Yeah. Phase cannons. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah. Certain.
1: It definitely takes action to yeah, certain to moments. Correct his. Yeah. Either his thinking or he does his learn behavior from certain yeah.
0: important. I mean, apart from not learning about the Cleons yeah. after the clang, but he is definitely, I think, realizing now after certain experiences, he. Learns, yeah, yeah. and adapts slightly. Whether it's the ship or himself, he, yeah, um, figures out a way to improve and do better in the next situation.
1: Yeah, so um, he, so in this case, he has learned a few cultural um, aspects of the Klingons, and so when uh, I think it was a trip that went and spoke to him, he said, "Encouraged him, right?" Yeah, I told him kapla. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was like, "What?" Success. Success. Yeah. <laughs> he was quite happy with himself that he'd been learning. There was yeah. 900 pages, that was it, of um, information yeah. on the Klingon, so he got a lot of
1: yeah, reading, that's to a reading do. Yeah,
0: um, But it comes in handy, because obviously he kind of does a bit of reverse, Klingon reverse psychology
1: yeah.
0: on Buka, and um, so he explains to her that the crew was not infected or poisoned by Enterprise, but by a toxin in the Xamintin Ale yeah. um, that they all drank and that if she let her crew die knowing everything that she knows, she wouldn't be um, delivering them a, a dishonorable death Yeah. and um, that would not sit well as yeah. a Klingon, so I think, and that worked. Yeah, yeah.
1: That, that really um, spoke to her in terms that she understood, you De- know?
0: Definitely, she definitely understood it, what he was It's to about. our
1: duty because the, the point with Klingon, they have an extreme uh, sense of duty, Duty, pride, all, uh, honor for the exactly. empire. Very
0: nationalist, very sort yeah. of um, um, pride, proud, and have a pride for the for their race. So that worked, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. So she reluctantly she um, she joins him on board the reinforced shuttle pod, which they've yeah. figured out now, and they head into the cloud to pick up the um, the rest of the guys. Um, so back on the Raptor, they. Decide that since the engines are offline, they're gonna launch some the rest of the torpedoes that are on that raptor ship, and see if they can use an explosion to kind of lift themselves mm. up from out in the cloud. Um, and at first, he's he's kind of doing one at a time because he's worried about the volatile nature of yeah. the gas and maybe that sort of um, igniting and causing um, explosions. But it seems that it's safe. But they're not really moving quick enough. In comparison to the rate that they're descending, so they get into a little back and forth, and then Hoshi sort of finds her confidence and steps up and says, "Look, I think we should launch just all the missiles at once." Yeah, and I think Topol's kind of impressive there because she takes charge there. Yeah, because Reed at that point was kind of assuming the mantle and taking control of the situation. Yeah, but what he was doing wasn't working, and Hoshi challenged him about what he was doing. And Tapal agreed with her. I yes, mean, of when She so. had that, yeah, that support. She
1: Comradery, kind of, yes. She, in a way. But we we're actually missing we actually miss him because we're going back a little bit earlier to the whole scene between uh, Oshi and Tapal, Where basically they are exploring the ship, and um, they go through the kitchen. They find uh, gag. Um, they find other foods, and and between everything is going on, it's quite dark and. Uh, she feels quite anxious, right? She feels a bit scared and stuff, and, oh, yeah. and Tapal says to her, you know, oh, it's, it's it's completely normal that you feel like this, and, and Oshie says, yes, yeah, normal for a human, right? And you know, you always, uh, sometimes I feel like I, I, I could be more like you, to be able to control my emotions and everything, and it's actually the first time that we see Tapal being, showing almost compassion, it's, it's very weird like she reaches almost like she reaches out and she um grabs oh she um, and she starts doing some kind of uh i guess uh, pressing her uh, pressure points on her hands like yeah, it's her, kind of given
0: a, sort of a meditation technique or Relax her and focus her. Yeah. Um, um, sort of yeah, gently sort of to feel
1: like she's back in, taking back control over her emotion. Yeah,
0: centering her and helping her to focus. Yeah. yeah.
1: And initially, you know, she doesn't succeed, but then she said, "Try again," and then she she does. And then she offers that when we're back in the ship, wife, well, if you want, I can teach you how to do it yourself. And this is the first time I'm. I, I think we've seen T'Pol. Making again, th- making this connection with a one person in the in the someone in the crew, like yeah. a, it's almost like a human connection, right? To mm. say to wanting to help and to because normally she's always quite standoffish. just you know, she doesn't touch them. She doesn't you know reach out for them to kind of give them a little bit of compassion or something. It's, it's, it was an interesting scene.
0: Yeah, it's the first time she really um, went to comfort. Yeah. Someone and approached. She she realised that how oh, she needed that. So yeah. she. Yeah, I wouldn't say she um, suddenly switched off the emotional. No, t-
1: she didn't. But tap,
0: but she realised that to help her, she needed to change slightly, just adjust the way her attitude normally is. Yeah. Uh, her persona, and um, yeah, that really worked. And it
1: really worked. And I wonder if it. that's gonna be a. Um, it could be the beginning of friendship, you know. Like right. later on, who knows? Uh, because obviously, these two women are always on the bridge. You know, they've yeah. got very key positions.
0: The two core female characters, yeah, we know, and Cutler is, I guess, another one, but she's yeah, more but she's
1: in the background here and more, there. But yeah. Yeah, the
0: two key female um, characters are Hoshi and Topol yeah. yeah, so. Yeah, maybe it'd
1: be nice. Yeah, happening there. exactly. It'd be nice. So then later on, going back to where we are in the, in the story, um, Hoshi um, proposes to fire all these torpedoes, Tri- and, uh, and Reed says, "Yeah, I don't think it's a good idea." And then the palestine "Supports her and said, no, I think it is.'" And. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. So they do manage to get reach like a better altitude. Yeah, they
0: manage it. it works basically. It allows the ship to kind of rise up a little bit to a more um tolerable attitude. Yeah. Um, which at that point then Archers arrived um with the shuttle pod with um with uh, Bukha. Bukha. Yeah. And they board the Raptor and I guess he kind of coerces them to work together to sort yeah. of get the engines back online and um, so that they can Take their ship and just kind of get out of this cloud, um, And they do it. They manage to work together, they get the job done. Um, and Archer and his team they go back to the um Enterprise and the pod. And they just as they're doing that, they cling on so the message that Bakar originally sort of sent out for a backup, um, it's kind of must have got round. Yeah, to
1: some so they're starting ships. to arrive. So they're yeah. starting
0: to arrive. Um, but the captain of that original ship, he's kind of come to and um he comes on screen and tries to kind of threaten Archer. Yeah. But Archer kind of reminds him that basically, uh, you don't have any Weapons. torpedoes left. Yeah. So basically, yeah. All, you, all you got left is your pride. So just just take be it. Be grateful. Take it and, and go and, and get out of take it. Take it and go. <laughs> and go. <laughs> yes. Take it and go. go. Yeah. yeah. So um, and he agrees. Yeah. He backs down and. he's
1: bit? Uh, <laughs> yeah. He
0: seems out of there. <laughs> I think that is played. Klingon captain, I think it's played by Vaughn Armstrong, mm. the actor who's played a Klingon before in Next Generation mm. um, and, and I think almost in a similar role where they discover a ship with Klingons and he plays a random Klingon that they've never met before so Double double Duty performs to Vaughn Armstrong there. So yeah, I think, I know at the end, so the last bit so after, yeah, after Archer says you know, got no more torpedoes left, just yeah. your pride take it and go, he zooms yeah. off we kind of Come full circle, and we end up with Hoshi, topal and Reed, Reed in the decon chamber. Yeah, as they no,
1: not not uh, essential no scenes no this central,
0: time. O- no essential oils of disinfectant this time. Just a pure spa
1: experience. Just a
0: relaxing spa <laughs> experience. <laughs>
1: that was quite. I, I I did like how they ended. The
0: three of them were like amigos. They were coming.
1: Yeah, they came back a from this. Yeah,
0: brewing there, right?
1: Yeah, they came back from this like. Quite dangerous, you know, situation uh, experience, and they um, lingering onto this like spa experience, which is given by the um, the decom chamber.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And when Dr. Flocks buzzes them that basically they can leave now, not neither of them wants to wants to get up. Like (laughs) oh, she's like, it's pointing to she's kind of elbowing Reed said you're the closest one you get up and neither of them want to get up so Tepal is like okay I'm gonna get up and she answers this buzzer Dr. Floss says guys you're free to go you're fine and they signal her I said no no just tell him we wanna stay here (laughs) you know so she said "Uh," and she's funny because uh, again she's like a complicit to this uh, to, to it's just a, again it's a little bit of a nice sign of the pal coming round to become a bonding with the bonding crew, like with them. Feeling yes. like
0: she can be like one of them. Yes, right? yeah. Even like like she, she
1: literally lies and yeah. says, "Oh, i, I think, think I've got,
0: yeah, I've got
1: a to... headache coming. Maybe run again the yeah, test
0: scan. Yeah, just run it the again scans, just yeah. to make sure. Yeah, so you so can see can that. Get... That's definitely a, a moment where she's like, you know. I, I, I'm bonding here like you know yeah. like it's uh, and it, it's natural. I think it's a natural thing at that point, right? It wasn't something she was Doing to kind of appease them or please them anyway. No. She, I think she wanted Enjoying
1: the experience. She enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah She
0: wanted to stay with them a bit a bit yeah. longer and hang out with them. So that was quite good and then um, They dug we kind of um, uh, Bring back the whole smell thing so I think she says, "When, yeah. when sits back down, yeah, she says, can you saw that?'" And she says, "I
1: can't smell I can't anything." Smell anything. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> that was a nice little, yeah. little ending there. Um, so yeah, it's a nice little moment. I like the way it ended. You kind of
1: yeah.
0: feel a
1: bit of humour, coming the same together, the camaraderie, sun, yeah. yeah,
0: and um, the bonds and binds are they're growing, and they're becoming a crew, right? These strangers yeah. are becoming
1: very a crew. slowly, I must say. Yeah. By what episode thirteen or something? Yeah, uh,
0: thirteen, fourteen. Now, so we. Are so we're
1: way half. We're halfway. I mean, we're yeah.
0: So halfway finally, we're starting to feel the bonds, and maybe even if it's a slower episode, because we're because we kind of know starting to know who they are, what they're about, the relationships, and the um the level of um, um uh, what's the word? I think of the level of attachment they have between mm. each other, even if it's a slower or, or a simpler episode. If we know that, say for example, Hoshi and Depaul are in a situation, we might feel it a bit more because we know there's a bond between them a bit or yeah. something growing between them, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas earlier before, we may not have cared as much because yeah. the characters didn't care about each other as much.
1: Yeah. I wonder if moving forward, this is going to affect how we rate the episodes. I think it will, you know.
0: It might be more forgiving in some, or less in yeah, others. Yeah, that'll be interesting on... to see. Yeah, that's Cause... what I'm saying. It's gonna be more interesting now. Yeah, because if we 100%. feel
1: if we feel more, um, like involved in the story in and and, and getting attached to the characters, and I wonder, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see.
0: Yeah, um, we'll see if these. Um, yes, yeah, it's taking its time, but if this effort benefits us in in a sense of Certain episodes that would normally maybe get a two pips end up getting three because of the characters and their relationships
1: Essentially, inter- yeah, Then it we'll, okay. It'd be worth it. But mm-hmm. We
0: took a bit too much time, but we're here and um, Yeah, let's hope going forward now that they make use of it and these episodes pick up a little bit more um, But yeah, that's pretty much that's it for this one Hmm. Time to give it a score? Yeah. Yeah. Um, at Riser and Shine, we rate each episode on a 1 to 5 pip scale, um, similar to the ranking of the Starfleet officers. So, an Ensign would be 1 pip, for example, and an Admiral would be 5 pips. So, Sleeping Dogs?
1: I'll give it a 2. 2 pips? Yeah.
0: Solid 2 pips. Yeah, yeah it's almost a 3. It's kind of... It's, cla- yeah. it's,
1: it's,
0: it's teetering. I mean, I like <laughs> the...
1: You know we don't do halves. We don't
0: do halves, but I <laughs> I want to kind of give it a three, but I doesn't quite get it. But it's yeah. close because I like the scenes between Topal and yeah. Hoshi, and at the end when all three of them are in the decon chamber, I like that. But okay. it doesn't. It's so not how enough. about
1: we do it? It's not no, no, to no, give no, it a no, three. no, no. Well, listen. So how about we do the rule that if even though we don't have halves, nah. no, no, no. But listen, it, let's just listen. If in your mind. Like right now you just explained, it's just below three. So you maybe think of like a 2.7, 2.8. In your mind, it it tilts towards three and give it a three. You can't give it a drop of eight points. No, I'll
0: give it a two. Two. Oh my
1: yeah.
0: gosh. It's a two. It's so tough. It's a two, but it's you know it's a good two. Okay. It, it was almost a three. Maybe the next episode. Now that they're it developing, wasn't almost a th- he was. He just
1: it said. Was it's close. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah.
0: It's a two, but it's, it could have been a three because I like those relationships, but it wasn't yeah. enough for me to turn the corner. Yeah. That being said, so this is what I was saying. Mm. Now we have a little bit more of a connection to the characters. Those two episodes mm. can maybe tip. Two or three because mm-hmm. of the maybe the relationship or the banter between yeah. characters. So who knows? Okay. Well no, who knows, you know. Okay. So two pips for me, that's a lieutenant.
1: Same for me. Two
0: pips for you and a lieutenant. Yeah. Okay. Um so that was Sleeping Dogs. Um directed by oh I'm this now. Yeah, ah yeah, absolutely. Les Landau. Yeah, Les Landau and Fred Decker. Yeah. Um Les uh, Les Landau, the director, who's a legend, he's done next generation. Space Nine Voyager all of them he's like mm,
1: veteran of Star Trek veteran
0: veteran veteran director um, and it's written by Fred Decker who we know from Monster Squad Enterprise episodes The Predator so um, top top talent behind this episode um, an episode MVP something different normally we have one person who stands out clearly but I thought Hoshi Trip and T'Pol the trio no,
1: uh, not one trip. Read
0: them. Uh, read, yeah. yeah, Reed, yes. read, read, Um I thought they were good yeah. together. Yeah.
1: It, yeah, it was a good team.
0: Yeah, I thought three of them together kind so of... So they
1: had to share the MVP share title for yeah. this episode. Yeah, yeah I agree. I thought, yeah, there was a well, really good synergy among all three of them, yeah.
0: Yeah, and they kind of worked together. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was, that was good. Um, In fact,
1: I think it's my favourite so far. Combinations of, of team, of, you know, right. going off. Do so you like to see this of,
0: combination again yeah. in another episode?
1: Yeah, I think but, they work well together.
0: Yeah, I I, I like them as well. Mm. Um, it's a different energy from when
1: when trip is, trip with, is them. with them. Yeah, when Archer is Archer with them. Archer
0: Mayweather, even yeah, it's yeah. definitely a different energy. I think these three have got a good good thing. Yeah, So let's hope we see some more of them.
1: Because all of them, in in a way, they all kind of introvert in their own way. And all kind of calming energy, right? The Vulcan because she's Vulcan. Trip because he's super introvert. Oh, she again. She's you know not a loud character like Trip or anything. So
0: read introvert. Trip loud character. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, disaster about all the you know. The super nervous one, they're gonna do this too. <laughs> but yeah, that's by saying like, so Oshi she's also not the loud character type. Reed same super introvert, and so is the pal. So because, but all of them in their own areas, they're very efficient, they're very professional, and uh, they know very well, you know, their jobs. I don't know, it just really. Feels like well balanced. Mm. The reason you don't feel like obviously when there is Archer because he's the captain, he has the last word, right? You don't find them uh, apart from T'Pol that is, you know, presenting maybe some reasoning or something like that. You don't really find um, anyone else that question his orders, right?
0: Yeah, Topol is the only one who really um, will
1: question, will, question, yeah, question or, yeah, or disagree yeah, with him. Like, with really him openly. Firmly
0: and openly. Yeah. yeah.
1: Everyone else, they might just say suggest the, something. They but suggest, the tone but that is diplomatic, yeah, the right? Yeah, that is a lot more yes. di-
0: diplomatic. Or they, they'll say, you know, uh, permission to speak freely. Yes. Whereas Topol will just speak freely. Say things, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, And we trip because he's the kind of loud guy. So, again, he would always create, like, he just. You know, come up with this, some snarky comment, or he, but he's it? closer
0: to um Archer in that sense as yeah. well. If they're yeah. talking because they're friends from before, yeah. so he, I guess, he feels he could be a bit more
1: open, open. With, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, it's it's, it's definitely a different energy with these three insights, uh, Oshi, Reed, and Topal. I, I really like
0: it, it was good, yeah. and on the surface, like you said, because the three of them have similar introvertedness about them, maybe. or... Not so um open and um, exuberant in their
1: personalities, in the ways, yeah.
0: you're thinking this may not work so much
1: but, but it does they were, they were it does yeah because yeah, they they're not like because there's people a lot of people um have a misconception of peop- of introverts that uh, they're not um, you know they don't speak up or they just don't speak their mind but it's not the case. Um, they do speak the mind when there is need then there is the need to speak their mind, yeah. right? Think
0: about what they're gonna say more. Yeah. yeah, and just say when they have to say something. Yeah, yeah. they don't
1: yeah. just like talk or Yeah, air. <laughs> exactly. Like
0: silence. They're comfortable with silences. Yeah, 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 as opposed, and Say we. Get uncomfortable say with <laughs> With people that don't like silence. Yeah. That's what makes them uncomfortable. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> or we yeah, cuz um
1: 'Cause yeah. you're into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alright, the
0: yeah. best line of the show. Um oh yeah, so when Archer first has his conversation with the and he's trying to find out what's going on and how he can help she's just, and she's flatly not interested aggressive. and aggressive and we're gonna kill you. He um he leaves the room basically sick with um, with a trip. And he turns to him and says, "Remind me to stop trying to help people."
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I thought that was a good line. Um, and again, he's he's kind of learning about himself and the universe, and how just because of who he is and the Federation, and he's exploring, you're going to meet people that not who don't care. Yeah, they
1: don't care, or not everyone or is going to welcome. They never heard open of open you. Or, yeah,
0: or they're just not going to welcome you open arms, yeah. or the conversation may not go. The way that you're used to,
1: yeah.
0: Um, So yeah, he's learning that, and so maybe he might not be so forthcoming on the next um, (laughs) next person that they meet or the next species Uh, that they meet. I
1: think that's his uh, nature. Yeah,
0: he's learning. He's getting used to it now. I think he's enjoying it on that level. Um, Yeah. So not a bad episode. Two pips, almost a three. But you never know. Like I said, going forward now, maybe those twos will become three.
1: We'll see. Yeah, we'll
0: see. And that's our podcast for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, you can find all our previous episodes over at Spotify, Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Casts, and Google.
1: And if you want to leave a like, comment, and just say hello, you can find us at Riser and Shine on Facebook, or you can send an email to Podcast at gmail.com.
0: Join us here next week where we'll be discussing Series 1, Episode 15, Shadows of Pajem. And this could be interesting because in this one, apparently, Topol is being recalled back to Vulcan after the incident at the sanctuary on Pajem. Do you remember that episode? Yeah, that was an interesting
1: episode, yeah. So are we
0: going to see the Endorians again? Because we were thinking, are we going to see these guys again? Seems like we will. So I'm looking forward to that, actually. Interesting yeah, to me too. What happened. Because remember the sanctuary was a... It was, was a, not a sanctuary,
1: yeah.
0: quote unquote.
1: Yeah, it's... A, and it
0: was, but it was... It was, uh, but it's
1: high, it was hiding a... Um, a huge a, sensor
0: array, a long-ranging sensor. Yeah,
1: a huge uh, lab, lab for research. <laughs> yeah. and, and spying on the, on the, the Dorians, so,
0: yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that to kind of see. So, that's nice. We get an episode that connects back to something previous. Previous, yeah. yeah. So, kind of expands... The, the, the universe, in terms of stretching the storylines, story yeah, line, exactly, yeah. and putting um, some meat on the bones of who we're meeting and how they're going to play in mm. stories later on. Mm. Awesome! All right, this is it. That's it. This is Riser and Shine with Jason and Michaela. Our sensors detected an N class planet approximately seven light years away from here, so we're going to go and check it out. Let's go. Cool. Okay, Helm, Lane, of course, walk four, punch it.